to the NC Real Estate Podcast. I am here with Lorenza. Good morning, everybody. Hello. And this week, we are going to be talking to you about what to do when a deal goes south. But before we get right there, I want to say I'm very, very excited to have you over here. I know we've been changing things around recently. And now what we do is our free content goes out on a Thursday in our Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. So our free content now is the podcast, it's the blog, it's the video question and answer session, and it's the challenge. And if you haven't done the challenge yet, you need to get involved in that because these are actual skills that you'll be doing on your property journey. So I set you a challenge, you give it a go, and then get back in contact with me the answer you think it is. And I will send you through my answer and let's discuss it. It's a really, really good way of learning some really great tools, techniques, and tips that you can take with you throughout your journey. So do make sure you're getting involved and heading on over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. And we're gonna put the link below this podcast so you can just click on it and get on over there. So those are the really, really exciting stuff. So now every Thursday, that's when our free content comes out because actually we are super busy now with the members club. And if you haven't joined that, you are missing out. Every month we do a new program, we put up bonus content, we make sure that you are reaching your goals. We've just finished finding your next property and we've been going through how to do that really, really efficiently. This month, we're going to be talking all about how you cope with transition processes. So when you've gone through your first property deal, your second property deal, you've just completed the property deal, what do you do to get back on track? Because you want to keep that momentum going, you want to keep being actionable, taking action, you want to be going forward in the right direction, but for a lot of people that's where they stall and they sit around doing a bit more research, really not doing anything. So this month's program is all about how you just continue taking action to make sure that you're constantly succeeding on your property journey. So it's pretty exciting. And to make sure that you are continuing to take action in between the transition period of our previous program to this program, I've put up some bonus content of the perfect remortgage strategy. Seriously, that's a separate paid program that we put out, but I'm giving it to all our members for free as something extra to get them a really a lot of help and support along their property journey. So if that's excited you, jump on over there. If you don't know how to get involved with that, email me natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk and I will point you in the right direction. Awesome. So I think that is everything we're doing. I'm super excited about it. And again, as I said, that is where we are now. We're in the members club. We are still doing our one-to-one coaching. So if you do want one-to-one, do get in contact with me. We're doing that too. But we are putting our focus on the members club because it's an awesome group of people who are getting together, sharing their journeys, helping one another and learning an awful lot along the way. So that's what we're doing. We're here to promote a better property industry. That's what we want to do. And this is what the Members Club is doing. It really is bringing the property industry together and it's making sure that you get the support you need so you can operate from your highest place, making sure that you are the best landlord you can be. So do get involved with that. It's exciting. Nobody else is doing it. NC Real Estate are pioneering this and making sure that it's something that is the best place for you to be. So jump on over, seriously, jump on over there. And again, email me, natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk if you want any more information. So I think that's covered it all. (laughs) Yeah, 
think so. Uh, we are actually really busy, I guess, at the moment. So, um, but it's exciting times, and you know, it's 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 really just. I think the most exciting thing is the positive response we just keep on getting, um, and and feedback. Uh, people are really excited, and they're learning a lot. And you know, it's a it's an affordable, and you know that the knowledge is coming from you know a professional place. So, um, yeah, really positive, and uh, very happy to be working on this with you, Natasha. Um, and I think yeah, the, let's let's um, let's look at what we're discussing today. Yeah. Um, how to know when a deal is going south. Um, again, quite a practical topic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's a place that we all hope that we never get to because obviously you put a lot of time and effort into finding yourself the perfect property. And it can be mm. extremely disappointing when you get so far along the line and you're like, ah, it's falling out of bed. What do I do about it? Mm -hmm. So we are going mm -hmm. to discuss mm -hmm. that this week. Okay, so the first question we've got here is, at what stage can I pull out of a property purchase? Obviously, this question is going to be slightly different for everybody, but there's got to be some kind of general or objective uh, indications. Um, so would you mind yeah, discussing that a bit? Of course, yeah. So you can really pull out of a deal anytime up until exchange. So you've got time between going through all the solicitors and the conveyance process and getting your finance in place up until the date that you exchange on a deal you can pull out of it without losing a huge amount of money obviously there's going to be a little bit of a cost involved but prior to exchanging if at any point you're like ah seriously like I can't take this any further it's really worrying me there's huge issues that I just cannot get over I prefer to put my money somewhere else you can pull up pull out any time up until exchange. Okay, great. Thanks for that. Um, right, the next question I want to ask is, when would you pull out of a property purchase? Um, I'm sure you've had the unfortunate experience of having to go through that. So would you share with your listeners a bit of your experience? Yes. So about one to two years ago, I'm not sure, maybe 18 months ago, I was looking to buy a property in Streatham in London. And it was all looking fine. I knew that the property had problems. It had a short lease of 60 years left, but I negotiated in the deal that it would be able to be extended. Um, the current leaseholder would do it, it's fine. There was no issue with that. Um, there were problems with the condition of the property and I'd already quoted to have the works done. So again, there wasn't really any issue with that either, but we got along the deal, we were going through the conveyancing process and all of a sudden we hit a brick wall where the freeholder was nowhere to be found. So we weren't going mm -hmm. to be able to increase the lease length. We weren't going to be able to get permission to do the works that we wanted to do. And there was no way of finding the freeholder. So at that point where we were pretty much stonewalled, there was nothing I could do. And I had to go, okay, at this point, cut my losses. Yes, I'd paid for the survey fees. Yes, I'd paid for some legal fees. Yes, I'd spend loads of time negotiating. I'd got contractors out there. I'd quoted for the works. I'd put all of this together, but there was no real foreseeable way of sorting it out at that point. And even if I was to buy it, I would have to buy it on bridging to so completely change my finance structure. Then I would have to go hunting down for a freeholder that might not be there. So I didn't know how long it would be on bridging if I was going to use bridging. So it could spiral, completely spiral. And I don't have any 
endless supply of money so I had to really make sure that I was cutting my costs. In the end I spent two and a half thousand pounds and had to call it a day because it wasn't going anywhere. So it was frustrating at the time, I was really annoyed and actually it made me not want to do anything for a month or two because I was like oh it's so frustrating I can't I mm. just can't understand why I wasn't told this beforehand but hey hey you have to cut your losses sometimes and think actually it's going to be far more expensive if I continue I'm pulling out of this and that's okay and after a while I was perfectly fine with it it's just a frustrating when you lose money when you could have done a really mm -hmm. awesome deal and made quite a bit of money out of it but that's the risk you take yeah, and, and obviously, you know, there's uh, certain things you learn from the experience, which for, you know, that you could obviously take over to the next property that you're interested in, in, in purchasing. So there exactly. is a and little now, bit of a plus point. <laughs> every time I go and look for properties, I'm like, if it's leasehold, I ask the question, do you know where the freeholder is? Do you know who the freeholder mm -hmm. is? And can I ask some questions? Are they reasonable? And it's made me start asking those questions as part of my due diligence process before even putting in an offer. I want to make sure that I can get as far as I possibly can and that there's a freeholder that, that I can speak to. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's some good advice, thanks. Um, all right, the next question is, what should I do if I'm not happy with what the routine searches are coming back with? Um, but actually, before you answer that, uh, what are the routine searches? Okay, so if you don't know or you're a bit unfamiliar with this, when you go to buy a property um, and you've agreed the deal, you go to your solicitor and say, please, can you start the convincing process? They will take about £350 from you to go and do the searches on your property. So that's looking around the local area, um, looking at the property and the title deeds for the property, looking at the environmental searches. It's basically trying to find out the ins and outs of the property. So is it built near a mine or unstable land or is there any pro problems with the title? Is there restricted covenants in place? Is there easements in place? Is there anything that you have to do? Is there uh, a ground rent on the land? Do you have to pay any chancel liabilities? So do you have to pay the local church any money if anything goes wrong? Mm -hmm. All of these sorts of things. That's what your solicitor is searching for. And actually, no matter what it comes back with, most of the time there's things that you can do about it so it, I would never usually be that concerned with what the local searches do come back with so you can get indemnity assurance um, against a lot of things which just sit on the title so if anything goes wrong with that the insurance will pick up the cost of it so actually that's really really good you can get it fairly cheaply maybe 100 200 pounds and also for most people you can negotiate that so that the seller picks it up so actually that's a really really good what way of thinking about it that for most things that come back that are negative you can get insurance to sort it out but there are certain things that you do want to take into account for example if your property is in a flood risk zone or your property is in a zone where there may be mines underneath the property which is causing the land to be unstable or there's anything mm. that shows subsidence or similar things to that which may mean that your property isn't insurable you probably won't be able to get finance on that. So you have to take that into account. If you're looking to use long-term lending as a solution for funding your property deal, if anything is there wrong with the property that shows up in the searches that will mean that lenders won't lend to you, that's an issue. And that's when you should start mm -hmm. looking at, actually, should I go ahead with this? Or am I going to negotiate a cheaper deal and buy it solely in cash 
and just take the risk as you go along with it. So it's that's where you need to start thinking, is this deal right for me? Am I ever going to need to use long-term lending or am I just happy buying it in cash at a really discounted price but knowing mm, maybe I might not sell it, maybe I won't ever get lending on it, maybe it, it yes. might be a very difficult property but actually the returns are so good from the rental income that I get, I'm prepared to overlook that. So that's something where you should be quite go in with your eyes wide open and ask the questions and if you can't get funding or you're not going to be able to get a mortgage on it that's when you should be considering whether it's the right deal for you okay <laughs> that's quite a comprehensive answer uh, but yeah again specific to the to the individual and uh, you know their interests and where they're looking um um, but yeah, okay, yeah. It's all it's all about weighing up the pros and cons and the cost. Mm -hmm. Like, how much is it going to cost you versus how much you're going to make mm -hmm. on it? If it's going to just end yes. up spiraling and costing you too much money, you're never going to get the return on it. It's pointless buying it. Really, you just cut your losses and say, okay, it's fine, I tried. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move mm -hmm. on. I can buy something better. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the next question I have is, you know, kind of, is it okay to let go of a property? And um, when do I, when, I mean, when do I let a deal go? And if you, you've kind of answered this in, in the last question and in the in the first one. Um, it's just, you know, that, that feeling of time wasted and money spent that's gone nowhere and, and that feeling of kind of failure and irritation. I mean, I think that's that's the... That's, the effects of letting a deal go. That's, um, that's the difficult part. But here's the thing. I, I said before that I was disappointed in the deal that didn't go through for a month or so. But here's what I started doing. I started bullet pointing what I'd learned from the deal. So I had learned that I needed to ask about freeholders. I'd learned that I needed to investigate things in much more detail. And I'd learned that this happens and it's normal to let a deal go. And I started bullet pointing that. So I started reflecting on the deal, seeing what happened, what actually went right from the deal, because there were certain things that were really good. I'd, I'd used a new mortgage broker for that and I'd built a relationship. I'd mm -hmm. um, looked at different methods of financing and I'd learned a bit about extending leases. So from that point of view, I was far more knowledgeable and I took the positives I took what I wouldn't do again and then I really reflected on actually what would I do next time to change it so that I didn't put myself in that situation again. It was a complete growing experience. So everything you're doing on your property journey, you're learning from. So that can never be a bad thing. But what you have to make sure that you do is cut your losses before it becomes too expensive. It can be super yes, stressful yes. when you lose money and things aren't going right and it continues costing you more and more and more and more and mm -hmm. more money. So make sure that you're, you're looking at that. How much is this costing me versus how much am I going to get out of it? And if it doesn't stack up, the deal doesn't work anymore, it's costing you too much money and you cannot see a way out of it, it's time to call it a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously you need to work hard on a deal to make sure um, that, the, that the purchase works. Uh, but there is also just a, a point in time where you've got to say, okay, that's it. Um, you know, we're kind of like you have that feeling of being backed into a corner Um and and as you say, it's it's about money. It's about time. Look at you know what you can get out of it and what you're spending, and then just just let it go. Um, yeah. There are other wonderful properties out there that would uh, you know do also require hard work, but that would kind of flow better. That'd be easier. There would be less barriers and and, and things to jump over. Yes, always 
take, always follow your gut in it as well. I always think that that if it's worth fighting for, you're going to move forward a bit. But there comes a point where you know deep down that this just isn't going right and it's not working. And you just have to have faith and a real good belief that something better will come along. Whatever you stop, it will open the door for something else that you can do. So just believe that. Yes. And it's hard to see it when it first goes wrong. And trust me, I have to stop myself and make sure I'm always looking at this. That the better... Better, something better is coming along but make sure you have your eyes open to that and you believe that because you're building a property portfolio based around your goals and it's pointless getting so far off track with the property that's going to keep costing you money keep messing you around keep causing you issues when actually you can buy something that yeah it may be hard to get going but actually in the end it's a real money producer and you really enjoy having it so do bear that in mind but ultimately where one door closes another door opens and just be ready mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. yeah and I th- and um you know if you are feeling a bit backed up in a corner and you just don't know who to chat to do come over to the property investment mastery group on facebook because you know you probably find somebody who's been in a similar situation or you could just air your concerns and uh, people are super friendly and super super helpful and, and of course uh, we're both on there and natasha responds to each and every post and comment so um yeah do not feel alone come and join the group exactly we would love to see you over there um, and everything you need is on my website nc real estate that's www.ncrealestate.co.uk and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter because that's where we send out all of our updates special offers discounts what's going on free information you get everything and also you'll get really good information about where i am and what i'm doing and what we're celebrating because we're always doing that on a friday mm-hmm. and we're celebrating the best thing that's happened to us throughout the week our top five. yes even <laughs> even if it is a piece of cake (laughs) a delicious delicious piece of cake (laughs) we celebrate everything over here so do get involved with our team seriously we want you over here if property investment is your thing then you need to come and join us so do head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk links to everything we do are over there make sure you get involved come and join us ask questions and just really aim like we do to make the property industry a better place and just through learning and getting involved you are doing that so make sure you come and join us okay so on that note um goodbye and see you i guess next month for For the next podcast podcast. and if you're going to miss us in the meantime come and join the facebook group again Head on over to the website, ncrealestate.co.uk. Join the link and come and get involved with us. And also, if we inspired you to take action to join the Members Club, we'd love to see you over there. We can only take a certain amount of people, so we are offering you the best service we possibly can. So if you see that it's open and we're offering you space to join, join it because it might not be available next week. So make sure that you're jumping in on that. But again, if you need any more information about that as well, email me, natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk or you can email Lorenza, property at ncrealestate.co.uk. So with that, I'll wrap up this month's podcast and I cannot wait to see you next month. So have an awesome month. Keep being productive. Keep taking action. And whatever you're doing, I wish you the most success with it.